Hi, welcome, and thank you for joining me for episode two of Passionate Curiosity. In this episode, we are diving right into the art of getting started, or the idea of getting started. Now, ironically enough, it took me a long time to get this episode running. I actually recorded episode three already, and that's actually my first interview, so of course I was excited to record that one before I do a solo episode. Um, I'm kind of more motivated to talk about other people and divert the attention away from myself. But I guess the root of the struggle for this one lies in the fact that there is a lot of advice giving tagged along with it. And I'm currently at an age and a season in my life where I feel like I don't have the audacity to be giving advice. I'm more in the receiving stage of my life. But uh, who knows, maybe challenging myself and doing the opposite of what I think I need would be exactly what I need instead. But I decided to shift my perspective and realize that it's important to also make my very first full-length episode one of just me talking to you guys, me getting used to the idea of talking without conversation, without directly hearing the conversation right away. It's very different to not hear someone responding to me right away. I think I kind of feed off of that energy. So I wanted to get used to that as well as getting you guys used to listening to me speak and to listening to my thoughts and the way I process things. So let's get started with the reason for doing this topic for episode two. Um, When I really thought about it, I boiled it down to curiosity. Go figure, because of the title of the podcast, Passionate Curiosity. I have a huge fascination with curiosity and the human brain as a whole, and just humanity, like the idea of shortcomings and empowered to improve yourself on your journey in life. And it's also to refer back to when I struggle in the future, if I struggle with getting things started or if, I, if I'm kind of not in the mental space that I prefer to be in, I can refer back to this episode and it's kind of like a public way of holding myself accountable to the words that I say because if I'm going through something or if I have any moments of disbelief, I can say, well, I said this, let me refer back to that and kind of start over. So let's break down the term curiosity defined The word curiosity is a strong desire to know something. Some of my favorite quotes about curiosity come from many great people. For example, Walt Disney himself said, ideas come from curiosity. Another one that I like is from Tom Robbins, who said, Curiosity, especially intellectual inquisitiveness, is what separates the truly alive from those who are merely going through the motions. Another is by E. Cummings. And he said, we do not believe in ourselves until someone reveals that deep inside us something is valuable, worth listening to, worthy of our trust, sacred to our touch. Once we believe in ourselves, we can risk curiosity, wonder, spontaneous delight, or any experience that reveals the human spirit. And I tend to always come back to curiosity because if you really think about it, Every great idea from either yourself or someone you know or somebody great in history, if you go back to the genesis of that idea, most of the time it boils down to curiosity. So it basically serves as the spark to the flame. 
And then eventually curiosity turns into a why. And your why solidifies the desire for the thought or the result of the thought. And your why also is the driving force that keeps you tethered to the initial idea. So as human beings, we have this wide variety and array of whys in our head. And the human brain kind of organizes things based on our desires. And we can change the plasticity of our brains. It is scientifically proven that our thoughts can change the wavelengths of our thoughts of our brain patterns. So you can literally choose your thoughts and choose to mold your brain almost like clay to pursue whatever it is you're curious about or whatever it is you desire. It is also equally important to realize that all of your whys are interconnected and that all of these things that you are desiring all can lead to one another. So instead of just having your one focus, your one tunnel vision, you'll realize that you can be open to everything and you can receive the life that's around you without resistance. And then that right there is the beauty of humanity within itself because it exists in contradictions. And instead of thinking of things as this or that, you can think of things as rather this and that. I actually have a very interesting story. I currently recording in a library in a private room so I want to take this time right now to say pardon me for any external sounds and noises that you may be hearing. I'm hearing a lot of airplanes fly by outside because I am by a window so bear with me. This is still a work in progress. I'm still learning but the interesting part is that I was coming out of the bathroom actually And anyone who knows me knows that I am a huge book lover. I love libraries very much. They are sacred to me. They are kind of like a sanctuary to me. And so when I, I kind of think of it like this. When I walk in a library, because it's always so quiet. Now, I probably sound crazy saying this, but because it's always so quiet, in my head, I hear every single book as if it's like a movie, a different movie going on in, in, in every room of a house. And so I usually just randomly walk to a book that either the cover is calling me or it's in a section that I really like the genre of it or the I see that the author, I, I really tend to read their work and so I'm interested in what they have to say Or sometimes it's just random, Um, and I'll just walk up to a book, and I'll open it, and the rest of the noise around me in my head, obviously, is silent, and I dive into the world. I open it in the middle of the book, and I dive right into the noise and the world of that particular book. So this time, coming out of a bathroom, I came across The World Set Free by H.G. Wells. And I opened it and immediately I was like, wow, this is exactly what I needed to ingest right before I'm deciding to record this episode for this podcast. So I would like to go ahead and read some of the prelude. He had taken the time to talk about the evolution of man and how far we've come since our very first existence to everything that we've created since then. And so here we are. I'm starting in the middle of page 18 for the physical copy of the book that I have. It says, 
Now, during this period of 200 centuries or more, this period of the warring states, while men's minds were chiefly preoccupied by politics and mutual aggression, their progress in the acquirement of external power was slow, rapid in comparison with the progress of the old Stone Age, but slow in comparison with this new age of systematic discovery in which we live. They did not very greatly alter the weapons and tactics of warfare, the methods of agriculture, seamanship, their knowledge of the habitable globe, or the devices and utensils of domestic life between the days of the early Egyptians and when Christopher Columbus was a child. Of course, there were inventions and changes, but there were also retrogressions. Things were found out and then forgotten again. It was on the whole a progress, but it contained no steps. The peasant life was the same. There were already priests and lawyers and town craftsmen and territorial lords and rulers, doctors, wise women, soldiers and sailors in Egypt and China and Assyria and southeastern Europe at the beginning of that period, and they were doing much the same things and living much the same life as they were in Europe in 1500 AD. There were great religious and moral changes throughout the period. Empires and republics replaced one another. Italy tried a vast experiment in slavery, and indeed slavery was tried again and again and failed and failed and was still to be tested again and rejected again in the new world. The idea of revolutionary changes in the material conditions of life would have been entirely strange to human thought through all that time. Yet the dreamer, the storyteller, was there still, waiting for his opportunity amidst the busy preoccupations, the comings and goings, the wars and processions, the castle building and cathedral building, the arts and loves, the small diplomacies and incurable feuds, the crusades and trading journeys of the Middle Ages. He no longer speculated with the untrammeled freedom of the Stone Age savage, but he speculated with a better brain, sat idle and gazed at circulating stars in the sky and mused upon the coin and crystal in his hand. Whenever there was a certain leisure for thought throughout these times, then men were to be found dissatisfied with the appearances of things, dissatisfied with the assurances of orthodox belief, uneasy with a sense of unread symbols in the world about them, questioning the finality of scholastic wisdom. Through all the ages of history, there were men to whom this whisper had come of hidden things about them. They could no longer lead ordinary lives, nor content themselves with the common things of this world once they had heard this voice. And mostly they believed not only that all this world was, as it were, a painted curtain before things unguessed at, but that these secrets were power. Hitherto power had come to men by chance. But now there were these seekers, seeking, seeking among rare and curious, perplexing objects, sometimes finding some old thing, sometimes deceiving themselves with fancied discovery, sometimes pretending to find. The world of every day laughed at these eccentric beings, or found them annoying and ill-treated them, or was seized with fear and made saints and sorcerers and warlocks of them, or with covetousness and entertained them hopefully, but for the greater part heeded them not at all. Yet they were of the blood of him who had first dreamt of attacking the mammoth. Every one thing they sought— all unwittingly, was the snare that will someday catch the sun. And from there, he kind of continues his timeline that he is diving into with his observation of where humanity has come from 
and where we are going. As I said, I haven't read the book yet, but I'm curious as to if he dives later on in any of the chapters into the idea of fear, because I think that is definitely one common thing that has sustained throughout our history. In fact, I greatly believe that a lot of our catastrophic moments in history were ruled by fear and rooted in a mindset of fear. And fear itself is a double-edged sword. It's almost the opposite of curiosity. I think curiosity is in the realm of freedom and self-awareness, and fear is the total opposite of that. It is in lack of self-awareness, and it's also rooted in deception. And so it's interesting how fear can either be what stops us from creating and from becoming what we're meant to become. Um, it, It can become a mental block internally, but externally it can also cause a lot of chaos once it's ignited. I know from my own experience with fear and doubt, I I struggle a lot with crippling self-doubt to the point that I flip an idea over and over again in my mind to the point that it becomes stale and then my overthinking feeds resistance. And so I have my own points of advice from just my experience with dealing with self-doubt and overcoming it and it's really for anyone who also struggles with the same thing and also for myself to refer back to like I said earlier if I can listen back to that's the beauty of a podcast and of technology is that you can see where you were at a certain point in your life at a certain age and you can combine it with what you know in the future to create a completely different mindset than what you even know right now, presently. So, But one of my points of advice is to embrace your shortcomings. And instead of looking at them as a weakness, rather take what you're good at to your advantage so that what you're quote-unquote bad at just becomes a lesson that you have yet to learn and that you're excited and eager to learn about and to master. So enjoy your shortcomings because they only prove the beauty of your humanity. Another um, bit of advice that I have is to surround yourself with the right people who want the best for you and who can provide you value. You don't really want to be around people who are stagnant and who don't really seek to level up. And I really struggle with this. I find empathy. I'm a very empathetic person and I find value in everyone that I surround myself with naturally. I see the good and I give the benefit of the doubt, but sometimes that can be too much and I don't really see that what I'm giving is not being reciprocated by the other person. But this is also very rare. I've been blessed with amazing friends who are very valuable to me and who can give a lot and who are very smart and loving and So I would really advise, it's honestly been my saving grace recently to surround yourself and know who those people are. It doesn't even have to be many people. I think it's better to have few good friends than to have a wide range of people that you can't really count on. Loyalty has definitely been a huge theme in my life lately and I really see the importance of it now more than I ever have before 
but just a story to kind of tag along that piece of advice of surrounding yourself with people is when I told my friend Monique about starting a podcast, she I knew that talking to her would be very valuable to just getting the ball going with this because she went to NYU to get her master's degree in sound technician. Um, we met in undergrad as music majors, so I knew that she would have a lot of good bits of advice and encouragement knowing me as a really good friend. So I just reached out to her and she was like, oh, I can send you links. She sent me links to microphones that are great, which thank you because if you're listening, Monique, thank you because I have moved on up to a new lav mic from the high school musical karaoke mic. <laughs> so I'm not using that anymore. But um, she, yeah, she was sending me a bunch of links to microphones that I can use or um, software that I can use that I know absolutely nothing about. And she even was like, oh, I can give you one of my MacBooks. Like, I can just mail it to you. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I, I, I was just hoping for some advice, and she was actually able to provide even more value than I could have ever imagined. So surround yourself with people who have your back, who know you, who take the time to know you, and who appreciate your talents and your goals and support you. And on the other hand, I've definitely learned in the past couple of years to appreciate my alone time. You know, like traveling alone, um, just going places alone, museums, libraries, going out on my own, going to eat and people watch those moments have really built me spiritually, um, just being alone and really internalizing how I perceive the world. Um, I think it's important to be alone and get out, not just to be alone and distract yourself with Netflix or, you know, just binge watching television, which is equally as important. I'm very inspired by movies and, and what I watch, but you have to have a balance, I believe. And I genuinely believe that if I'm not in good company, I'd much rather be alone. That's just where the growth is. That's, you know, I would rather be around people that are at my level or higher that I aspire to be like so that I can learn from them and I can grow with them or be alone so that I can observe everything that's going on around me and really truly internalize it with my spirit and just with my goals at the end of the day. And I guess that's kind of a good segue to my final bit of advice for this episode, and that would be to stay in alignment with your why. It goes back to what you started with, the, like I said earlier, the genesis of the thought, your initial curiosity, and why it is that you are still holding on to it and still pursuing it. And most of that alignment is spiritual for me, um, the idea of meditating or doing some type of self-love reading or really anything that reminds you of who you are is really great for keeping in alignment with your source. So that pretty much concludes for now my thoughts on the art of getting started and the art of keeping yourself in that momentum once you are started already. Um, I know I like to end every episode with current obsessions, and because it literally just happened, my current obsession is 
The World Set Free by H.G. Wells. I'm so excited to continue reading this. Let's see what else it inspires me to do and talk about. And if anyone has read it, please let me know. Go ahead and DM me. I'm actually more, I'm more curious about what's happening in my DMs than what's going on in my um, feed on Instagram. So go ahead and DM me what your thoughts are on this book if you have read it or what your thoughts are on this episode of this podcast. Do you agree with what I said? Do you have any disagreements? Um, Do you have anything to add on to what I was saying? I want to know what you are feeling. I want to connect with you. So go ahead and follow me if you're not already. It's at Kristen Soto Voce, K-R-I-S-T-E-N-S-O-T-O-V-O-C-E on Instagram. And I'd be super happy to talk to you. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay curious.